Welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. and welcome to Turn the Page. I am your host today, Jen, and I am here with the author of a really lovely and insightful and very moving uh, new book for children. Could I ask you to introduce yourself and your book, please? Sure. My name is Natasha Daniels, and I am a child therapist, and my book is The Grief Rock. It's so lovely. Uh, as I just said, I read it a couple of times, uh, once for, you know, just the overall experience and then once for the interview. And there's so much to talk about. But before we get into it, um, could you tell me a little bit about uh, your career? You mentioned that you are a child therapist and sort of maybe how that led to this book. Yeah, it actually did not lead to this book at all. Ironically, um, I am an anxiety and OCD child therapist, and I've written books for parents raising kids with anxiety and OCD and some other ones that are unrelated. Um, and then my husband suddenly passed away at 42 of a blood clot. And um, grief was not one of those topics I really liked as a therapist. I liked solution focus, skill building. And so um, I had to wing it. And and I you know, I was looking for books because I like bibliotherapy and I was trying to find something that would really resonate with, especially my youngest. And I just couldn't find something that was like, really resonating with her. And so I started to just build my own tools and language, talk about this rock that's in our world now and how are we going to handle it? Um, and then once the cloud and the fog cleared of grief, then I was like, oh my gosh, let me write these words down. Maybe this would help somebody else. It's, um, I imagine, extraordinarily helpful. Um, and that central image or metaphor of the grief rock is really, really powerful. Um, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about maybe how that central image maybe is related to um, like your research in child psychology and sort of like how it is informed by like what you've learned about how children process emotions and stuff like that. Yeah. they Kids need metaphors and like concrete descriptions that that explain what they're going through. And sometimes they can't really articulate their emotions. And so giving them language, simplistic language to, to communicate how they're doing, like a little shorthand can be really helpful in general. It's what we do with anxiety and OCD. You know, we kind of give that language. And so I didn't know how to do that with my daughter. And so it did feel like a huge boulder came and cracked our foundation. It just found like a, like a boulder just landed in our, in our front yard and we did not know what to do with it. And so we start to talk about her rock and this, we have this rock, this grief rock that just showed up and we can't get rid of it. And sometimes it grows really big and it like smushes us and we can't eat and we can't sleep. And sometimes we have to hold it. And then some people see the rock and they're like, Oh, what's going on with that? We don't want to go near that rock. And sometimes it's a tiny pebble we just put in our pocket, but it's always there. And so having that language was, was really helpful. And I think for kids to have a way to express their grief without going into it, like my daughter will sometimes say, um, it's a big rock today, mom, just, I can't talk about it. And that, that, that was more, she didn't have to say anything else. That was more than enough. Wow. Yeah. It's, um, it's very interesting because it is at once very simple, but it also like allows for all of the nuance and the unpredictability that kind of comes with grief because like, 
you know, I think you portray it as a very nonlinear process. Like it's not going to follow any particular order and it might get worse and it might get better. Um, and it's not about eradicating it. It's about like kind of getting used to it, you know, like, um, so one thing I'm curious about is how is it, um, how is it different for you when you write for children as opposed to when you write for parents? No, interestingly, for grief, your brain doesn't function. And so I could not read anything. I couldn't digest anything. The brain just couldn't process. And so um, I actually wanted this to be an adult book. And mm -hmm. I had sent it to the publisher thinking, I want this to be a beautiful picture book for adults because I couldn't process anything. This would have been really helpful for me. And my words, I thought were more like universal. And they were like, no, this is a kid's book. Um, which is fine. But so normally it would be different, but I feel like for grief, it actually is pretty universal. Mm -hmm. um, that visual, because the brain just shuts down. And so we are kind of like children in our brain when we're grieving. Um, we need something simplistic that's validating the experience. Um, but an anxiety and OCD is, is very different. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned before that, like, um, yeah, the work that you usually do sort of like involves problem solving and finding solutions. And that is like not something that you can do for grief at all, right? Um, I'm really interested in the ways that like, you know, the culture has sort of like discussed grief for children. And this to me, like it really, I see a direct line between this and like, you know, back in the 80s when Sesame Street like addressed the the death of Mr. Hooper, like there was um, they used very plain language. Um, they've avoided like those things that people tend to say that make make people uncomfortable who are experiencing grief. And, um, you know, do you think that like. Have I guess in your field, have you seen the way that people talk about grief? Have you seen it change as well there, too? Or Yeah, I think. We have a long way to go with grief. Unfortunately, I think it's very sanitized, you know, in our culture, not in every culture. We've been traveling, you know, since all this. And I'm noticing that grief is handled differently in other cultures. But I feel like a lot of times we want to sanitize it and um, we want to fix it. And so even though those of us that are going through grief know that it can't be fixed, people want to fix it. And they'll say things to kids to make them, quote unquote, feel better, where really we just have to get people to understand, to help us sit with the grief you know, that to validate the grief and um, yeah. And they do say things that are, that I didn't even realize as a therapist were offensive until I was going through it and went to a grief group for kids. And they had all the offensive things that people can say on the wall. They didn't write it like that, but they wrote like people mean well, but they might say these things that upset you and people would add stuff. And it was kind of the, you know, the, the platitudes that people say when people die. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things I thought was like the most valuable about uh, the book things is that like it, it gives children like a, a sense of like, what are the feelings going to be, you know, you can't predict all of them, but like it might include this range of things. And also like those external things, like here are things that people might say to you or like how people might treat you differently or avoid you for a little while if you remind them of their own grief and stuff like that, you know. And um, so yeah, like, I'm wondering in particular, like, so how that process of like writing the text and exploring the grief process in the text, how did that then like interact with um, the illustrations? And so how did you find your illustrator and how, what was like the, that process like? Yeah, I really wanted it to be a beautiful picture book. I mean, ideally I wanted it to be like a coffee table, beautiful book, like an art book, um, which didn't turn out, but, uh, it was a good second because they found a beautiful children's illustrator who did a fantastic job illustrating. Cause I wanted 
I wanted the visual to be as potent as the words. The words are really simple, but I wanted anyone at any age, whether they're two or three or they're, you know, 23 or 83, I wanted them to be able to look at the book and feel the words. And I feel like the illustrator did a fantastic job in that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, something I thought about is that, you know, like as an adult reading a children's book, I, you know, I don't tend to spend as much time on the pictures because I'm like an adult and text focused. But when I think of like, you know, how my sister reads to my niece, like they spend a lot of time talking about the pictures and how the pictures relate to the text. And it really is like a much fuller part of uh, the reading experience. And I think that works really well here. Yeah. You know, you want the visual and I mean, and we actually went back and forth with the, you know, picking out the illustrator. I'm normally pretty easy to work with, but this, this book, I was like, nope, the art has to be, has to be perfect. Um, And she really encapsulated the words, you know, and, and I think that will help kids when we're talking about eating with a rock, you know, and you see the spoon is kind of like heavy and it's like floppy because you can't eat with the rock, you know, or trying to hold the rock while you're sleeping. Like those visuals are so helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really like, it takes a, um, you know, what is a metaphor and it does render it very concrete. And I think easy to understand like how it functions in the place of like the really difficult emotions and feelings. Um, so in terms of like, um, you know, you said that this is also, it was intended for parents as well. Um, And it does seem like it would be really helpful for like allowing families to kind of process together. Is that also something that was like in your mind while you were writing or? Um, Well, I kind of like wrote all, like I wrote the words down when I was just like after a walk one day and it was like literally verbatim what I normally say to my daughter, you know? And so the book was like, not like any of my other books that were very like intentional and calculated and how I was writing it. it didn't outline. And then I worked on it. Um, but I wanted it to be helpful to even parents. I wanted it to be helpful to anyone who even is trying to help someone else who's grieving. I wanted it to be so universal. Um, and there is a free PDF that's that comes with the book that gives parents and caregivers some tips on how to process this and how to use the metaphor and the book to help your child with grief. I mean, three years later, and we're still talking about the rock. It's it's part of our verbiage, which has which has been helpful. Yeah. And you, you bring up a really excellent point, too. I think that since 2020, like grief has been a, a a part of like the national discourse as well as like an increased part of people's lives, too. Um, you know, so when you, um, you know, imagine this book in the hands of a parent who's reading it for their child, like what sort of things would you want them to know about like, you know, what are the first sort of things you do for a child who is experiencing new grief and sort of like what is uh, like what's that process going to look like? You know, when my kids go to like a children's hospital, my daughter has celiac. So we're at the hospital. Um, They'll have like a social worker that will come in and will walk her through the procedure, you know, in a really kid friendly way. You know, this is what this is going to feel like. We're going to do this first. And we don't get that for grief. And that's kind of what I wanted this book to be is, you know, this is these, this is kind of the journey. This is what may happen to you. This is what you may feel. And I think normalizing that is a great first step. And I think when you're reading the book to take time to stop and say, does that ever happen to you? Or have you ever had a big rock when you were on the playground all of a sudden? And you, you know, using it as like a touch point of a bigger conversation can be helpful. I think parents should read it first by themselves because it will stir up emotions for yourself if you've had a loss um, so that you are anchored and can actually then kind of use it as a touch point for your child. Mm, That's a really good point that you bring up too. Like what is your... um your advice or your professional perspective on, um, 
you know, processing your own grief, grief while helping somebody else through their grief process? It's super hard. <laughs> like, there's like no easy way to say it. It is so hard. Um, and it, it has to be done. I've seen, you know, in my own grief group, I've seen a lot of people kind of suppress their grief or get really angry and not like work through it. And it's something that you actually do have to just, you, you can't avoid it. You have to process it. And I think getting that help, whatever that looks like for you is so important because it'll be really hard to be an anchor for your child. If you're not dealing with your own grief, which is really easy to not do because it is such this huge, heavy thing. But, um, I found that I've had to do deep, deep work that I didn't want to do that I needed to do in order to be there for my kids as well. Hmm. That's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, cause it points to like the fact that yeah, parenting is like the things that you say to your kids, but also like modeling stuff for your kids through your own behavior. Do you, is there like an aspect a little bit there of like, uh, you know, like the airplane advice, like you need to adjust your own mask before you, you know? A hundred percent because I mean, and I learned early on where I didn't realize I was about to explode, you know, and I was holding it together and then a, something really small would just have me explode and which was very upsetting and overwhelming to my kids. And so I had to learn how to like, kind of like modulate my own issues. And if I didn't take care of myself, then I, I couldn't be that anchor to take care of them. So this book has been out in the world for a little bit now. Have you heard back from any readers about how it's affected them or affected their kids? Or like, have you heard anything about like the work it's kind of done in the world? Yeah, it's just rippling right now, but it is really cool to have people reach out to me um, through social media or they'll email me and just say like that they had searched and searched for a book that would really resonate with their kids or a lot of people actually, and even the reviews that I'm reading will say that it helped them as an adult, which actually makes my heart happy because that was my intention initially. But to, to, to feel like there's a resource now that is kind of a step-by-step of like normalizing grief in a, in a much more concrete way than all the other grief books that I saw with my kids is just really rewarding to kind of pay that forward and put something out into the world. Yeah. Well, that's lovely. Um, do you see yourself writing another uh, children's book, like in this, uh, like a picture book perhaps, or? Um, grief is not my thing. <laughs> this one is kind of like a universe gift. I feel like I would love to eventually see it as like a beautiful coffee table book, but that's my own, you know, personal thing. I do have a had a crush OCD workbook coming out in February. And so that's kind of back to my wheelhouse. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. I mean, the book is like a gorgeous, gorgeous art object too. Like I really loved the, um, I know there's a professional term for it, but like the paper inside the cover, you know, like the patterned paper before you get to the title page, like the, the whole thing is like a really beautifully designed, um, art object. (laughs) Yeah. That was my hope. And they, they picked a wonderful illustrator. So Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been really lovely. And, you know, thank you for sharing this book with our patrons and with the world. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. Okay, listeners, it's now your turn. Um, I highly suggest you check out The Grief Rock, a book to understand grief and love. It's really, really beautiful. And I think it will be a really rewarding uh, read, regardless of what you happen to be going through at the time. All right. Thank you so, so much for joining us. It is now time to close this chapter. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode. Thank you.